Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Prepared to Fight Fire podcast. Your host, Julian Serrano. Today I have a, a very, very, very unique guest. He comes in with a boatload of experience and a shit ton of passion. So, Rick, welcome, buddy. Man, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm excited to, to speak with you about, you know, all these wonderful things going on in yeah. the fire world right now. So, I got I to drive straight to it. Uh, so, for the people who don't know who this is, Please do me a favor real quick. Look at the bio and check out this guy's credentials. Check out what he's put into the fire service. And it'll basically tell you everything you need to know of the type of person he is. And, um, you know, I just talked about this last podcast I had. Um, Where does your passion come from, Rick? Because you have, from what I see, a very high, very high give a shit factor. I mean, you... You, 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 you have a, another level of, of passion that is very rare. And like I, I sent a text to you, you know, I, I'd have been honored and I would be honored to work under you because you're just a walking, a walking encyclopedia. And, and, and I admire that. Well, uh, I'll tell you, I do have a lot of give a shit for this job. Um, this is something that, uh, you know, I'm a second generation in my family firefighter. So I grew up around the firehouse as a, uh, my grandfather was a firefighter down in, uh, he, he retired as a captain in the city of Tampa. So that's where the seed got planted early. Uh, but I think as I, as I grew into, uh, a young firefighter there, I started realizing the obligation that I had, uh, to the people I serve. And uh, I took that to heart and, uh, that's, that's where my motivation comes. That's where my give a shit comes from. And, uh, and from then on, that was kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to drive myself to be the best that I could be. Um, you know, my, my father was a football coach and, and I played football under him. And that's what he he kind of instilled me in me growing up. So to, to be the best that I could be at that. And, and you know, the stakes are higher now uh, in this job. So, um, you know, it's it's the attention to detail that uh, makes or breaks you on a lot of things. And, and those are the things where you get complacent you, and you miss that. So, you know, it's, it's just the obligation, that oath that we take. And, and I take that very serious. So that, that's pretty much where I get my motivation. And man, the people in the, in the fire service. So I, I was talking to John the other day on their podcast, and it's been really refreshing seeing you and him on, on these podcasts and the social media and, and just there's others out there that are, they're progressing and, and pushing this job. And, and that, that makes us more effective. Uh, it makes the job safer and uh, it, it make it puts people in the position to succeed when they're doing their job. And, and it's not just the firefighters at the task level. It's the, it's the guys calling the shots and the white shirts out in the yard as well, because they have to have that faith in those guys and, and drive that. So uh, that's, that's what I want to see. And, and it's refreshing uh, to me to see that when I'm gone from this, this profession, there's people like you guys that are going to be driving it forward. So, um, that's, that's really what it, it's just, you guys are the same. You're cut from the same cloth. You want to see everything. You want to see people succeed. This is, this is something that's that, that brotherhood's about giving back to the, to the ones that are, uh, that, you know, that are coming up behind you and, uh, and setting them up, up for success. So, that's what it's all about. Rick, man, you, you said so many things that are, are, are very close to my heart, you know, and, and one of them being you got to give back, right? And and I think 
the problem with today's society, not just the fire service, there's a lot of take. There's a lot of take, right? Take, 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 take. What, what do you have to offer me? What do you have to offer me? And there's not enough give. And, and I think as a brotherhood, as a service, we need to reframe that train of thought because you have to be the person that's doing things for the right reasons, right? And, and I see the person you are, your, your accolades, you did everything for the right reasons. And it just goes back to respecting that oath you took, right? And taking it as serious as, as it should be. Like you said, the stakes are, are a lot higher than a professional football team, than a professional basketball team, hockey team, all that other stuff. That's entertainment. Rick, this isn't entertainment. This is real deal. And people kind of scoff at, I, I believe, guys like us. Oh, he's ate up. Oh, he's too much. He's this, that, and the third. And I always tell them, I said, I, I put him, I put the, the situation in, in a very clear view to them. I say, hey, three in the morning, your house is on fire, and you get a phone call, and you're at work. Who do you want showing up? Simple question. Answer the question. Who do you want showing up? You know what I mean? And I don't know why people don't think that way. I don't know why people don't understand that the stakes are that high, right? Like you said, tomorrow could be the next 9-11 in, in, my, in my first due and in, in whatever. It doesn't have to be for 9-11, the whole, my whole county's responding. You know what I mean? Not if 9-11 happens in, in our in our area. Um, and and I don't know if you you did this, do this. I talked to my buddy there, Dan. I asked him, you know, I I've I don't know shit, man. I've been a firefighter now for 10 years, and I I I don't think you really start getting a grasp of things until you hit probably year 25. <laughs> you know, and, and I, this is is it's an interesting career because not only the skill set is earned, but I think the personalities, understanding the personalities is the biggest thing in this, in this career path. But I asked him, I said, Hey man, do you think about death when you come to work? Like, do you think like today I could be put in a situation where I could die? And me and my buddy are on the same wavelength. He goes, yeah, I, I do. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to save somebody or, you know, help a, a brother inside or whatever the case may be. So I just come to terms like, Hey, today could be the last day stay sharp, you know, but it also could be the day that I save somebody's life and be ready, you know, get your, get yourself in that mindset of as soon as you pull up that pickup truck to the station, you toss your shit, tones go off, you're going to make a grab, you know, and, and that just puts me at that, you know, same mindset you just said, this is a high stake profession. That's, that's absolutely correct. And I, and it's funny because as you grow in your in your job, you know, we're going to get promoted. Now we, we, we're getting put in this position where we're supervising, uh, you know, somebody it, it, just say you go from, uh, you know, the back step to driver, just think about how much responsibility a driver has just getting that crew from point A to point B safely. And, and he really can impact the lives of the people that he's driving around and the people that he's carrying and the people that we're responding to. So as you go up, that obligation, it just expands uh, as you as you get promoted through there. You start doing your company officer stuff. Now your 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 span of control is now your crew, and and uh, maybe you get promoted a little bit more, and you you got you know several crews in your battalion that you're managing. And uh, for me, you know, I, I made it to captain before I retired in, in Georgia, and uh, actually rode up as a battalion chief quite often. So I understand how how prepared you have to be because of, I mean, it, 
like you said, nobody knows what is in store for us in the next hour. And, uh, and things can, it, it can be a, another 9-11 type incident that is now puts you in the, in that, that role where you have to perform at a high level or there's, there's, you know, sincere consequences because of that lack of, you know, prep. And so you just, you got to be motivated. If you take this job and take that, that oath, you, you pretty much have obligated yourself at that point to, to being prepared. And uh, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your crew because you don't want to be, nobody wants to be the weak link. I never want anybody to rely or, or have to hold up because of me. And uh, I, I want them, I want to be, you know, a, an active part of any, uh, you know, plan we have going forward and, and not be perceived as that weak link. So that's, that's a big factor for me, but you, you owe it to those people. There's, there's so much that, that in that oath that you, you're obligated to, it's just, I don't see how you can take it lightly and, and do this job, show up every day. Yeah. It's, it's a simple, you know, first of all, it's, it's about communication, right? leadership number one quality of leadership is a good communicator somebody who can deliver a message and have his or her people um, understand they need to execute this this message that was delivered and do it at a high level um, and that only comes from clear communication but what what is your take on accountability because I I definitely think some of the most squared away people in the service um, have been like you said cut from a different cloth but I think cut from the cloth that they were held accountable. They were, the, the, the expectations were set. The, the, the parameters were crystal clear. This is what we do. This is why we do it. These is, this is the priorities of our job function. And this is what our mission is. So what, what's your accountability? What's your take on accountability? I think accountability is, is everything. Um, if you don't have accountability, there's no progression. Um, and, you know, the, the standards, let's go ahead and, and put it out there, the standards in the fire service are actually fairly low. When you look at like a, a firefighter one standard, um, they're not uh, significantly physically or mentally tough to get through. And so uh, we don't set ourselves up on the front end too good as a service in that, that uh, instance. But, you know, you, when you go into these departments, like, and I was pleased when I came to Grand Junction, they, they set a high standard in the beginning. And I, I was glad to see that because uh, the recruit schools that I helped teach as I was coming through, we, we did too. We, we upped the, the ante and uh, we had higher expectations and we held them accountable. Um, you know, and, and that's good. When you do that, those, that's all they know. And so you've already got them through, a lot. Um, I've worked in a department where there was low expectations. Uh, the status quo uh, was all we had to meet, which was very low, and it did not sit well with me. Uh, I was, you know, when I was in that department, I got chastised for going out and working out by myself. And then when I finally got my crew, when I was in a position to get my crew to go and work with me, uh, then then I got in trouble by other officers because they were like, "You're making us look bad." It, which is what it came down to because they weren't out there doing that stuff. So, um, you know, when I was able to get away from that, um, that was awesome because it's just, that's that kind of, uh, you know, mindset in a fire department is just setting them up for, 
for failure, you know, and, and that's where you run into an incident where, you know, you, you, you have to, you know, perform at a high level. I mean, a good example is, is where, you know, something similar like the, uh, the, the Charleston incident, you know, where they lost their firefighters in there. And, and, and it was just, it was not just any one thing there, but it was things across the board that led to that. And, uh, you know, in that department I was in was, they thought like that. Um, we used, you know, older, um, methods. We used older equipment. We were using, you know, three inch hose for, you know, to supply our trucks. And so we weren't taking advantage of the, the water distribution system in that sense, the, the mindset on how we train, the mindset on how we prepared was old school. We thought that we, we fought a lot of fire. Then uh, we thought that we, because we fought so much fire, we didn't have to train on it all the time. Uh, we would just go through the motions and, um, you know, and that kind of thing, when, when you're not pushing uh, the yourselves, you're not pushing your, your tactics, you're not pushing your strategies, uh, you're not progressing. And, and they're going to you're going to trip because it's not a matter of if it's when it happens, how are you going to be able to, to roll with it and, and go? So, you know, accountability is everything. And, and, and I feel like, you know, you said a while ago, you said, you don't really know a lot, you know, maybe after 25 years, well, I've been in at 26 and I don't know shit either. You know, I feel like when, when I finally came to terms that I don't know, and I never will be an expert on anything in this job. Uh, after that, it was, it was easy. It, now I looked at, at things like um, the younger firefighters that come in they're a huge asset for older guys because they have such a fresh perspective. They haven't seen a lot of the stuff I've seen, which is beneficial for me in a, in a way, but then it also, there, there's things in there that have been ingrained in my mindset that I learned early on. Some things I've shook off and things like that. And, uh, but those, those fresh perspectives sometimes see things that you never thought of. And uh, that, that has been a big benefit for me when I finally realized that, man, I need to be watching some of these guys and seeing what they do because I've seen some young firemen pull some some tricks in there <laughs> when they're in when in certain situations. And I am like, I would have never thought to do that. And they were highly successful in that evolution. And it was just something I never thought of. And so, you know, I've, I've become more open-minded as I've gotten older in there. And, uh, you know, and accepting of failure and, and things like that, because it's, it's not so much of a, a, a negative effect on me now as, as it is, as like, I, what do I do now to fix this? Or how do I get myself in position? So this never happens again. And, and that's been really good for me. And it's been good because now I'm, I'm in a position in training where I can kind of get that out there. Some of these younger guys and they see that. So it's been great. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is what you just said about these young tricks. The first thing that comes to my mind is um, we had a new chief float, and this is back when I was working in uh, in Ocala, Ocala, Florida, up north, um, just south of Gainesville. And uh, we were on I-75. I'm sure you're familiar with the road. It's yes, right out of Tampa, right up to Georgia. Um, but on I-75, it's 2 in the morning. A uh, call comes in for an entrapment right on the highway. Um, we're on, we're, we're rolling down the road. I'm, I'm, I'm in the squad and, uh, 
multiple callers calling in. People are trapped. We got cars on fire. Legit call, right? We get there, jump off the truck. Um, I already knew my seat assignment. And uh, initially, we didn't have struts on the truck I was on. I don't know if it was a spare. I don't know what happened, but we didn't have side stabilization. So this car was on its side. Somebody was inside. Without even thinking, I jumped off the truck, grabbed the rope bag. Um, I grabbed, uh, I think it was a hook. I grabbed the hook. And I basically just, and mind you, we got on scene, the chief got on scene. So the chief's calling command, it's on the third. And the chief is like basically just witnessing everything, but really sees me because I'm like right in his, 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 his direct line of sight. And um, nothing crazy. I walk up, throw a Spanish bowl around both of the wheel wells um, and uh, come back, throw a trucker's hitch um, around this tool that I put in the dirt. And I just quickly dirty stabilize this car, right? Mm-hmm. And we practice, right? Minimal equipment. You can you can stabilize a car on its side with rope, right? Yep. And it, it's not as good as Rescue 42s or any of that stuff, but it, it gets the job done if you need, you, you want to prevent that car from completely falling. Better than nothing. It's better than nothing, but it's a quick and efficient um, tactic in, in a shitty situation. Oh, yeah. But it's, you have to practice understanding how to, how to tie uh, a Spanish bowl and understanding how to tie a trucker's hitch um, right. and all these other things. So long story short, the next morning I'm having coffee and, and he goes, uh, he looks at me and he kind of shakes his head and laughs. And I was like, what's up, chief? And he's like, uh, you know, he's on, he was on his way out. He had a couple of years left. He's like, when you, when you think you've seen everything. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, I have never in my entire career seen the shit that you did last night on scene. I was like, I was like, what did I do? He's like, he's like, the way you stabilized that vehicle so efficiently and quickly was very impressive. And I was like, I was like, oh, chief, I saw that in a video. I, I just, I just did it. And he looked at me, he's like, I was like, no, chief, we practice that every shift. <laughs> I've gotten reps on, on that movement. And it's just that, man. It's it's doing things, practicing. So I was talking to a guy uh, not too long ago on a podcast about masking up, right? In fire school, we had a minute to mask up. Right. Uh, we're having mask up competitions now, 10, 12, 13 seconds, right. you know? And it's, it's amazing. You jump off a rig, hey, my kid's in there. Or, you know, you get, get on scene. Hey, right there, front door, you got to mask up quickly, you know, 10 to 15, let's just say it's 20, 20 seconds to a minute. That's a long time for fire behavior to change. Right. And it's, it's an amazing thing to see, but like you said, you got to have the open mind and you got to have the, uh, the mindset that you don't know everything, right. You don't, you don't have it all figured out. Right. Cause when you, when you have, when you develop that mindset, you get very complacent and you let stuff fall through cracks and, uh, you know, personally, I'm, I'm an open book. Um, you know, I, I almost lost my job with some things that I did at work, not from the standpoint of, of anything illegal, but I just, I didn't pay attention to the little details. And I, I teach everybody and, and I really want to be a living example that you make mistakes and the mistakes don't define you, but your actions after, after the fact really do. Um, everything is important, right? You can't pick and choose what, what you think is important and what doesn't deserve attention. Like now the way I approach my life and, and, you know, give me your perspective on this. If it's in front of me, it gets all of me, right? 24 seven. That's, that's how I, I operate. If I'm a part of something, it gets all of me, right? I don't just pick and choose. Hey, I'm going to give you 10%. If I can't give you all of what I've got to offer, I'm going to tell you, Hey man, I can't do this. Here's the reason why I apologize. Um, right. Because I feel better doing that than giving you a half-ass effort. Yeah, I totally agree with that perspective. Um, there's no room in this job for for going halfway. It's just it 
in, in any aspect of this job, you can't, you can't do that. You should have a, your, your accountability yourself should be with a hundred percent. And, and I try to operate above and beyond that always. And, uh, you know, I'm not perfect. I, I'd love to say I get out of bed every day and, 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 and I feel it, you know, it, thank God I got people around me that, that, that help push me in the right direction. And, uh, you know, that's been another great thing about being up here in Grand Junction is, is that the fire culture in this department is amazing right now. Uh, it's very young. So I, I contribute a lot of that to that. Um, and we're a young department, but the, uh, you know, what you said a while ago, their, their give a shit is off the charts here. So we got a lot of young officers that are going out and they're, they're not, they realize that they're young. They're not seeing uh, or getting the experience that, uh, you know, let's, let's say what it is, it, they, what they need for, to do their job at a high level. And um, so they go out and they seek training, they push themselves with training and, and stuff like that. And that's just, that's motivation for me. Um, it's, it's hard to go out there and, and teach people things that don't want to be taught. Uh, and, and I've had to do that before. That's a, that's very tough. Uh, but when you got people that are out there willing to, to learn and they're excited to hear, uh, what you have to say and, and you tell them that that's so for me at this point in my life and my career, that's very fulfilling. Um, you know, I'm, I'm coming full circle and, and, and I'm seeing people that were like me when I was when I first started the job and I showed up in there and, and that station chief, threw, he threw me an ISTA manual and said, you know, read this. And then he drilled me that afternoon. And 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 I was so, like I was such a sponge. I just wanted to soak up every bit of knowledge that I could from that man because he was a great fireman. And, uh, you know, and he, he had a great reputation and I was truly blessed to be in that station with that man and learn what I did from him. And, uh, you know, and I can't tell you, I can't even quantify the value of what it has meant to me in my career and where I am right now. And, and, and it's not just him along the way. It's like all these other people, uh, you know, when I was, it's this funny story. This tells my age too. Uh, coming up through the job, we didn't have the internet. You know, I can remember when the internet came into the station and everybody was like, oh, you know, look at this. Because it was there before I started in the fire service, but it just wasn't readily available. And right. we didn't have cell phones. You couldn't watch, you know, you couldn't get on there and, and subscribe to Instagram and, and and look at Fit the Fight Fire or, or any or you guys or any of these other guys that are out there. And, and you know, it's there's so many good things out there now that these people can see and, and grow from. And, and, and the internet makes people like you available to, uh, to people that need you. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty impressive now, you know, we had to, we, we relied on videos <laughs> from video cassettes and, uh, and when then, you know, basically the, the magazines, the pair, the, uh, the, the different, magazines that were out there like fire engineer and fire rescue magazine those that's where we got the little tricks and stuff that we learned and um so is which is very for what it was back then it was great but it's when compared to what you you can sit there and scroll on your phone for 10 minutes right now and see a bunch of different things some of them could be helpful some of them could be just outright outrageous 
But yeah. uh, if <laughs> most people with any common sense can take it for what it's worth, I've I picked up some pretty cool little things here and there. Absolutely. I mean, you just saw the shitter and you're scrolling Instagram and you pick up tactics that you like. That's so crazy to think about because I've always had the internet and the fire service. So right. think, you know, that's, you know, you go to a conference, I'm sure you come back, you're like a God because you're, you're learning from people from all across the country. You're learning new, te- new te- techniques and stuff. And it's just like amazing where now, you know, it's like anybody who is, is in the job is, is definitely doing their research online because there's so much content being generated of, you know, I, I think firemen that get, really give a shit and firemen that are, are very progressive and, and want to spread their knowledge with just anybody. Oh, and yeah. you know, just to reiterate what you said, and for anybody listening, you know, when I was coming in, I think John, John Sparrow had started fit to fight fire, but it wasn't as big as it is now. It wasn't, it didn't have the reach and I didn't know about it right. and I didn't have, you know, I got, I got, I got hired on with a crew of guys, great guys. Um, you know, nothing bad to say about those guys, but they were not a, a ball of fire by any means. And right. they were not open to, uh, to, to, to learning new tactics and training. And I'm going to leave it at that. So for anybody out there, you know, I was on my own and I, I detested mediocrity, right? I, I did not allow myself to get down that, that rabbit hole. I set out my own training and it, it really was a disservice for, to, for the start of my career because, you know, being engulfed in, in, a, in a crew that is hungry for information and that is always uh, adapting and, and, and progressive and learning, that's the best environment for a new guy obviously, because it sets the standard of what, what the fire department is supposed to be and how your progression is supposed to look like. For me, I looked at a bunch of people that were complacent and stagnant, and I knew I didn't want to be that, right? Um, but now on the internet, you can become a part of a tribe of people that aren't in your department, but can drive your mindset in the right direction. You know what I mean? And, and say, hey, listen, like, you know, you got to stay diligent. You got to keep a positive mindset. You got to set aside and you know, you know what, if everybody's on their own program, this is the time for you to develop yourself, right? Take classes outside of work, right? Uh, dedicate yourself an hour every day on YouTube of learning new tactics and stuff like that. Take it upon yourself and be hungry. Stay, stay ambitious. Work hard. People see that, you know, you, you get a, a, a captain or a lieutenant floats in that's working overtime, a swap, and he sees you working like this. And, you know, next thing you know, you're being transferred to his crew. That's what happened to me, you know, and I was, I was, Super grateful that that happened, but that was after two years of the same approach, and I didn't do it for the reason of going to a new crew. I just, like I said, I detested you know being mediocre and, and just accepting the fact that um, you know I'm not a big deal. Right. And what I mean by I'm not a big deal, it, the firemen have a really low self esteem when it comes to what they're capable of. You know, every, every guest I have on here is, is, is amazing, right? Is, is incredible. They're, they're superheroes in my eyes, right? I'm a superhero in my eyes. And I was never going to let myself like basically not live up to that dream of mine, of being a superhero, putting on my bunker coat and pants and air pack and being the person that at any given moment could save someone's life. Like, like you said, we, call, we go back to the stakes being super high. That to me, I, I, I still am striving every day to be that person, right? And I hope that I'm doing enough, right, to, to be that person. I'm doing everything I can, to be honest with you. Um, but Rick, I, I got to ask you, you were a young whippersnapper when you went into the uh, Georgia Smoke Diver program. So let's talk about what that did for you and, uh, and, 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 and how that changed your perspective already having some time on the job. 
Right. So, uh, so Georgia smoke diver programs really near and dear to my heart. Uh, and the seed for that program started when, with that officer I was speaking of. His name's Tony Davison. He's Georgia Smoke Diver 526. He was my first officer. And uh, like I said, I, I really cut my teeth on the job with that man. And, um, and you know, we, we fought a lot of fire together. I learned a lot from him. And, uh, and it wasn't – at the time, Georgia actually went through a little hiatus, too, there where we weren't operating and and it when i was in the fire service when i first started it was it was it wasn't until uh gosh you'd uh i think 2005 that they started going again and then i started applying so i was at that department now that had that low uh motivation right so they had a they were not fond of the george smoke diver program at all and uh so they, it was, they were very resistant to me signing up to go there. And so I finally got in there and I kind of played around and got the, the chief and the training officer going back and forth. And I more or less tricked them into signing me up. And, uh, it, it wasn't, it was shortly after that, I, I ended up rupturing my pec doing bench press cause I was being dumb. And, uh, so that I had to take a year off and then they allowed me to sign back up again, which was good. And but that it was, I, I, I was gonna go there in my tent to go there. Um, because I had friends that were smoke divers and stuff like that, so you hear everything, and, and you know how it is with Florida, so there, there is a, 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 a an air of mystique with it, you know, like it's it, whatever anybody ever says about it, there are things in there that are kind of unique and, and known only to those guys that have gone through there that experience and stuff like that, and I wanted that. And, uh, and then, and, and I think moreover, I wanted to test myself, you know, mm -hmm. I felt like I was a high, uh, you know, I was, a, a, I was at a high level in my department and, uh, cause I, I really, you know, expected a lot out of myself on there on the, on the job. And so I tried to do everything I could. And this was like going to be like the, the crown right here to, to everything I was trying to do and, and, and and learn more in the fire service. And let me tell you, when, when I went through there, um, you know, it was, a, it was a great experience. It was not a walk in the park by no means. Uh, I wish that I was a whippersnapper. I was 38 when I went through there. So it was a little bit tougher, but I was still in pretty good shape at the time. Um, but it was, uh, you know, the, the, the class, it, it's all about that mental edge that you have, you know, and, and um, they, it's mental warfare from the minute you go up, you show up where they're, they're like asking you about just filling out the paperwork correctly and stuff like that. And they're like, you, you know, there, there's punishment for that. If you don't do it correctly, it's the attention to detail that they're driving. And uh, as I went through there, it was just kind of a high stress thing, but you were learning the whole time. You didn't even realize it. And uh, everything was just so well put together. And when I was, when I was done, you know, I see, I always like to go and watch the guys graduate. We do a nice little informal ceremony for them when we do it. And it's, you know, you probably saw this in Florida too, when they graduate, it's, it becomes very emotional for a lot of them. And, you know, and it was emotional for me because, uh, you know, there were some of my, uh, you know, some of the people that I really looked to looked up to in the fire service were there to greet me at the end. And it was just like, 
all these emotions coming out of there and looking back on it now, like I forgot about all the reasons that I went there and it was all about what I learned at that point going forward. It it was weird because I was so exhausted mentally and physically, but all I could think about on that two hour ride home was how was I going to make myself better from this? You know, it was like, um, I was already kind of thinking about the next step and how to perpetuate what I felt when I, when I completed the program, because it was so different. It was 180 degrees different. It was was so selfish in the beginning, what I wanted when I went in there. And when I left, it was, it was about what am I going to do when I get home with that crew? Because I just got promoted at that point and I came back and I was riding a seat on a truck and, uh, and all I could think about was how was I going to go home and get those guys feeling the way I felt right there. And that's what I, that's what I got out of that program. And you know what, to this day, I'm still the same way that it it really changed my perspective on the fire service. It changed uh, on how I felt I needed to be all the time. And and where you, you spoke earlier about, you know, we, we talk about how how many people watch us. Uh, You, you walk around with your, uh, with your Florida patch and, we walked around with our, our Georgia rocker and people see that and the expectations for those guys that have it are really high. And, uh, and, and, you know, a lot of us, we pride ourselves on that. You know, I don't, I don't want to ever do anything that, that would, you know, bring somebody, uh, make somebody frown upon me as, as a smoke diver or something like that. I, I feel like we, we give a lot to the fire service and, uh, and, and so that that's another motivating factor for me. So, you know, the going in, going through that program was was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me in the fire service. And in uh, any of them around there, I, I got a lot of friends that you know, I got friends that went through the Florida program and the Tennessee program, the Alabama, the Mississippi. Uh, you know, obviously, I went and helped start the uh, Oklahoma and Indiana programs. I was there on their first days. And uh, seeing that and just seeing those people that come from those programs are next level. <laughs> you know what, Rick, you said so many things, man. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. I got a little emotional because uh, like, like we talked about, I can resonate about that feeling, you know, um, and, and I wish everybody could feel that feeling. Unfortunately, you, you can't just buy it. You, that's a feeling that is only earned through blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, truly, um, that feeling is putting yourself out there for failure, putting yourself, um, you know, in, in a situation where the success is is very low, right? And you're 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 you're, you're probably going to fail, and you push past the point of exhaustion. You push past the the point of of your perceived limit, right? Next, just let's get to the next coupling, right? Let's just get to the next staircase. Let's just search the next room, right? It's hot. Let's stay low. Let's keep moving, right? Let's keep moving. Okay, good. Day one is complete. You've got five, four, six more days left, right? And and when you get to the end, like you said, it's taking the, the that mindset and understanding that, that this isn't the finish, right? This is just another level, right? And this is another level. And and I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity that these programs exist. Um, because for me, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm, I've, I've always been honest. I've always been forward. I've always been hundred percent 
Julian. And that's gotten me in trouble. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you yeah. know what? That's okay. I right. I, I know God gave me these big shoulders to, to, to bear the burden of, of discipline, bear the burden of, uh, of, uh, of, of naysayers, bear the, bear the burden to show people that we are our own obstacles. You know, Rick, we, we really are in the fire service, especially. And it hastes, I hate to see that we eat our own, you know, um, anybody out yeah, there, we need to empower them. We don't need to bring them down. Right. We're not, we're not enemies with each other. And, and, and I think, you know, we, we most people adopt that mindset that there's a, a, a competitive, there's a competitive edge of like, they want to take what you have or, or take what you, what you want. And it's like, listen, man, I'll be honest with you. We're all messed up. We all have flaws and we all need to get better together. Um, and, and, you know, the number one thing Florida taught me, the program just ultimately taught me, it's not your job to make anybody anything. It's your job to show them that they can be better by your actions, right? And, and by the way, you carry yourself. And the, by the way, like we talked about, I, I love the quote, uh, have a high give a shit factor, right? Like, how are you rolling up that hose you're putting back on the fucking, on the hose rack? How are you setting up the bottles that you just filled up? Are you just throwing them there or they all line the same, right? How are you restocking the truck, right? How are you running that medical call? Let's talk about that. <laughs> You know, I don't want Jimmy jumping off truck one, coming up to save my baby on a fire, but he can't even, he can't even do CPR correctly. You know, like, you know, you, you got to approach everything with a high give a shift factor. And uh, Rick, bro, I, I, I really commend, you know, everything you've done for the fire service. Um, I, I thank you for this opportunity to talk to you. Um, and, and I got one last thing to ask you. What would you tell yourself day one with all the knowledge and inspiration and and information and, and training, you know, now, what would you tell yourself walking in day one? I would tell myself to, uh, to be comfortable being uncomfortable and always expect the unexpected. And at the end, don't be afraid to fail anything. Um, you know, I think if you can do those things and, and you prepare yourself, uh, appropriately and, and look, you, I, like I said earlier, I said, I, I'm not an expert. I've been in this job for 26 years. I've seen, uh, I've seen the evolution of the fire service, uh, in that, that, which is a short amount of time, really. Uh, I've seen so much happen in progression and, and the way things are done. I've seen things actually go full circle and come back, uh, you know, where, where people got really conservative and now we're getting aggressive again because we're seeing that, you know, the, our aggression mitigates a lot of the problems we were having. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, I tell myself to, to be prepared always, uh, you know, expect the unexpected, expect to fail often and, uh, and, you know, just get after it. That's it. And, and, that's, 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 they're going to be successful right there with those things. If you, if you, you know, what's right and wrong when you come in, um, you know, those, those are there. It's, it's, it's not a secret by no means. Um, people know where the bar set and it, and nowadays, like I said, with your, uh, with, with all you guys doing these podcasts and doing the social media, there, it is so obvious where people need to be and operate to be <laughs> successful that it, there's no, there, there should be no excuse. No other, yeah. No excuse. And so that's it, man. Awesome. Rick. Thank you so much, brother. You're welcome, man. Thank you for having me.